Hi, listener. Thank you so much for checking out Watery Desho, an anime podcast so bad that it loops back around to being good. Or so we hope. Just wanted to take a minute and say that if you enjoy what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube or SoundCloud, or follow us on Twitter at Watery Desho. We also have an inbox at waterweedesho at gmail if your message can't be fit into 280 characters. And we read all the messages you send and reply to them, whether they make it to air or not, because we really do love our community, which we hope you'll become a part of if you haven't already. But whether you do or not, you have our sincere thanks for listening, friend. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, greetings, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. Welcome. All of you to Watery Death Show, to Stream of Thought, to our Sarah's and my discussion. I am a man who's been watching a YouTube video called Mr. Saxo Beat for 12 straight hours, but only <laughs> half of it. Uh, the Subtle Doctor, I'm here rolling with uh, my partner in crime, the ever present uh, live issue DJ. It is a uh, man from the land of the champions, the Premier League champions. It's Shadon. Good evening, oh, everyone. You'll be, pleased, you'll be pleased to hear that uh, there is no booze on my part today, uh, mainly because what? I drank as much. Well, look, I've just come back from Ireland. I spent most of it incredibly intoxicated. So there is no more alcohol, for me at least, This like until this weekend come in. That's it. So, uh... Yeah, it'll be a much more comprehensible stream today, by which I mean barely, at least for my part. I'm very disappointed. I can't hide it. That was... Uh... Well, pe- well, people clearly had their own thoughts on, you know, what I was <laughs> like last week. I will be getting to that soon enough. I'm on to you all. I know... I will find you people, I swear. They know what they like. Yeah. Listen, it's democracy in action. Well, um, me being a wreck. <laughs> yep. People, we love... We love public drunkenness and any displays thereof on stream. Uh, my earbuds just popped out. I did that. Your earbud was television. so excited about the prospects of it just exploded out <laughs> your ear. Um, it is Shadon Ketchup Hype. So, okay. Reading chat. Uh, are we afraid of blowback? Um... Depend- well, I first off, what, discussion- what discussions are we talking about here? Be be specific, Joachim. Tell us tell us what specific topics you feel we're not covering. Yeah, what what do you think we're not going into? Uh, I don't know. I I, have- I mean, I'm totally down. I'm totally down for talking endlessly on hours end about Kepi's pole dance. <laughs> I love the pole I'm, dance I'm so totally much. down for talking about that <laughs> for hours on end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll drink some beers to that. Yeah, yeah. I. I will say, I mean, I have not approached this show in any way, like, consciously thinking, oh, boy, I better stay away from this topic, or better not have this take or go there. Like, I don't know, I've been pretty I've been pretty forthright about all this, and if you will have watched our Banana Fish streams, like, you'll know whenever we 
broach these topics that we don't feel like we're experts in or that we think are, um, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but sensitive that, that require sensitivity or whatever. Like we're upfront about it. And then we also just still give our opinions about it. So, um, so yeah, that's where we stand on that. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think we're not talking about. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll try to address it. Um, unless you think the show is like about some kind of plot by some kind of marginalized group to cuck all the white people and then fuck that. I mean, I don't, it's not a valid, it's not an interpretation I'm willing to talk about. Uh, so there you go. (laughs) I personally think the show takes a horrific stance against, against otters. Have you seen them? Have you seen otters in real life? Have you seen all the Japanese Twitter accounts with otters on them? You know, I mean, the, Mabu, otter, this the otters episode, are being hard done by. They really yeah, are. Mabu, Mabu, Mabu in this episode, like <laughs> I was, I was hammering the amber alert button for a load of it. Honestly, especially given the certain scene that happens halfway through when he meets Haruka for the first time. But we'll cover that soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, do you want <laughs> to uh, update everyone on the Twitter polls from last week? With pleasure. So, two of the polls actually sensed around me, unfortunately, because, uh, I dear. All right, so I'll start with the first one. Dear Shane 1010, start the episode, uh, four to five, stream drunk. Uh, 81% of you said yes. Uh, you're all wrong. I was not actually drunk. I did not actually drink anything at that point. That was anxiety kicking in over the joke that I tried to get going to start. I completely floundered on. Well, at least I got that out of the way early, so that it was only upwards from there. Uh, and next up, this may be tangentially related, depending on if you think I should be signing my own distillery, you know, Waridesho's beer line. Uh, should we buy shade in the bath? Uh, either that or people have, you know, a lot of questions about my personal hygiene here. <laughs> uh, 80% said now, and 20% said never. So, well, that's it. The audience has got me down as some sort of degenerate hobo. <laughs> next time, you know, I'll get, I'll start streaming from Periscope. I'll be on a street corner somewhere, brown paper bag in hand, fingerless gloves. Knitted cap, you know, book teeth. <laughs> why? I I'll, I'll do the image. I'll do the image for you guys. You know, I forget why that even came up. I just remember Yukinon saying hashtag buy Shadana bath, and it made me laugh. <laughs> I, don't know I think, I think, I think it was because we were talking about it in the episode four when you know, where uh, uh, Toy's brother decided to reenact, you know, something out of a Quentin Tarantino flick. But mm-hmm. hey, uh, final one, uh, final. Uh, poll for episode 5 specifically did you have to pause the episode when shit really hit the fan uh, 30% said had to walk away and 26% said nah just for a second that was fine that was fine and 61% said no I eat drama for breakfast you know clearly patting themselves off that one guy no. in prayer. I ain't got time to feel <laughs> come on how could you not oh man look yeah no I fully admit I'm a uh Stuff shit gets to me, <laughs> so I fully understand that I may be in the minority of people that have to walk away and pace around the room and collect themselves during that shit. Yeah, there's there's many deep breaths to be taken throughout this series, particularly one that we'll be discussing later with relation to the subject matter around Harak, Haruka and Kazuki. Uh, but we'll get to that course in time. Yeah, um, like. Is Ikohara like running Satan's own bingo card here for all the topics that, you know, punch people right in the field? Because he's going for the full house. And he's not even most of the way out of the actual series yet. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. 
Could you repeat what you just asked? I'm sorry. I think you might have cut out for me. Can you say that again? I said that I think uh, Ikahara's running uh, his own, you know, satanic bingo card. Uh, first <laughs> oh. one, like in terms of the topics that the show wants to go into. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this episode, I feel like more than any so far, um, we kind of got a little bit into what it might be, a, what the show sort of might be about in a larger sense. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like this one, it really, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, showed some leg. Because it was revealing, <laughs> right? Um, it revealed some shit about the inner workings of uh, the Empire and some of the history of the world and where people kind of stand. And, uh, like, especially, like, what... How do I phrase this? Like... The difference between like the Kappa zombies and the kind of people you want to aspire to be, um, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Oh yeah, uh, and, I'm and also glad. we also learned that Kepi's you know power set. Uh, he essentially has the same abilities as um, what was his name again? Inspector Gadget. Right. No, seriously. Go go Gadget TV. Go go Gadget Telephone. Go go Gadget. You know, Coyote Ugly. All that, <laughs> dude. He's the best. <laughs> I mean, I really loved him this episode. More than almost any other episode, I really enjoyed Kepi a lot. Ke- um, Kepi's great until you realize the undercurrents of what he's doing are actually quite sinister. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's an adorable bad man. And we'll we'll talk about that. Good evening, Emily. Um, Ravensdale, you made me laugh a lot in my head, by the way. Thank you for channeling my inner teenager there. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, oh, man. I thought I was on the first page of my notes. Nope. Got to turn back. <laughs> um, are we ready? Are we ready to get into just what the fuck happened? Uh, we can try. Okay. We can give it a go. All right. <laughs> <sighs> so, it was an experience, Aki. Uh, an experience I want to relive many, many times. So, episode six. I want to connect, so I'm not giving up. Great title. Um, what happened this episode? So, gosh, I'll try to be brief. I have a lot of notes. Um, I'm going to try to synthesize these as I go. Apologies if the summary gets overly long, because I want to talk about this stuff more afterward. But uh, the episode begins in... Kazuki's home, and Haruka's, of course. Uh, he's gone. The family doesn't know where he is, you know, since he's become a, a kappa and can't be human anymore. Um, he's left no word since last night when he said he was going to stay with his buddy Enta. And Haru is watching uh, Sarah, and it turns out the lucky selfie word uh, or object is, again, sachet, because mm-hmm. the zombie still at large, so... The, we don't get any turnover. We don't get a new lucky selfie item. Did uh, that zombie stay there all evening? Like, did it go to a local bar? How did it occupy itself <laughs> you know, until the following day? It's a great question. I mean, at the end, <laughs> they kind of... It was almost like... Gosh, did it seem to you, like, at the end, that, like, um, everything that had happened during the episode was almost like... It really happened, but it was almost like temporarily it was contained in this pocket dimension. 
so that they emerged at the battle sort of as it was happening and then poof, they beat it and yeah, it was they, almost like no time had passed between the defeat and mm. the victory they, was... they emerged from uh, you know the time sphincter they got out you know the butt shaped hourglass at the finally to get you know to get back to the present but yeah like the the timeline this is whack but well this is a show that as we will learn shortly indulges in a you know sumo wrestling amongst all things yes. as i said you know with yes. the escape artist skit that uh Toy apparently is extremely skilled in so <laughs> i love it that was uh yeah so we see haruka they're struggling of course with the new reality he's been presented with about his brother and about sarah and about the, the text messages and their veracity and all this sort of stuff. And then we see the aforementioned sumo match. Um, and that's hilarious and so much fun. And we find out uh, also that the Kappas, uh, that the boys while they are Kappas are invisible. It's very handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can see them. And it is during this, or shortly thereafter, we see the poor dance. And uh, it's this very tremendous, like, one of my favorite little moments in the show. <laughs> Just... I mean, like, did, like, did Ikuhara, when he was writing this episode, you know, did he, like, have some sort of, like, Wheel of Fortune, like, video game device, or oh, sorry, game show device, with things like pole dance, uh, BDSM, whipping... Uh, I don't know, all sorts of, like, you know, degenerate stuff, or whatever you want to call it. And then you just write through and then just pick that one at random because it pick, came up on the list. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to get Kepi doing this random insert. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. It was great. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, God. Wonderful. There's there's a lot of little fun moments and animations. and uh... there's some, There are some references in this episode that I did not expect to see, of all things, and we'll oh. get to those. Okay. Uh, well, in the moment, we're going to talk about, like, the football game or, like, the little, you know, casual football thing that uh, Enter and Kazuki are doing. Uh, I need to intervene now and say that when Enter enters his own little fantasy world again, as he wants to do, God. Um, like, he imagines Kazuki doing Titus's spear shot from Final Fantasy X, the backflip kick. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I was like, but that's not even the maddest reference. There's going to be a Terminator 2 reference later of all fucking wow. things. I'm not shitting you. Like, I watched that moment and I was like, wait, what? Is that the thing Igahara is referencing in this specific moment? Um, could be. You'll have to you have to clue me in on the, the T2 because it's we'll been get, a we'll long get... time. Um, we'll get to it. We'll I wonder, get to that's, it. A pretty, that's a pretty common football thing, right? The backflip kick. Are you but sure that, it's uh, it's the Titus special? It is definitely in Final Fantasy Ten, but like this just goes to show <clears throat> how little I watch football relative to you know knowing esoteric video game knowledge that doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, you've certainly got more of a you know finger on the pulse of that stuff than I do. Mm. I well, thought not, football it doesn't happen all, 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 yeah. all the time, but there are just some pretty yeah. classic like moments. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought football was like their special skill was just simply falling over, like they just trips on a oh, landmine. Oh God, just don't don't do this. <laughs> don't go down this fucking road. 
Oh, it's a skill. Diving is a skill. Um, so so is acting. So and yes, yes. There you go. Um. Uh, look. No, no, no. We can't. We can't. We can't. <sighs> yeah, it could be like Yuki. You know, saying could be soccer anime. You know, could be a Captain Tsubasa thing, um, an Inazuma Eleven sort of deal. Who knows? Um, but I, I like, I like that it could be a Final Fantasy Ten reference. That would make me happy if it was. So we see more of Kazuki's self-flagellation. Uh, um, we see Enta. Uh, his head in the clouds, in his fantasy world, as you say, and Toy just trying to, like, offer his best encouragement and advice and do damage control. God bless you, Toy. Um, and so Haruka later is chatting with Nyantaro. His dad has taken him to uh, mm -hmm. the bridge where Nyantaro likes to hang out, and he's feeding him. And then, this is the moment where I, like, audibly gasped and had to, like, I just stood up. I'm Berlin. I'm Berlin. fucking app that he didn't yeah. install. Like, what the... I mean, oh, man. Oh, Jesus. It was like, you know, uh, not since Persona 5 have apps, renegade apps, been so wantonly installing themselves on various... Yeah. I mean, like, I personally think the R-Cops are in the wrong industry. You know, if they can pull this shit off, why don't they just stop mining bitcoins from people's phones? I know. <laughs> Get some cryptocurrency He's going in the wrong industry. Yeah, yeah. come Back on. Uh, <laughs> one thing you'd like to attention, by the way, is that prior to uh, Mabu, mm -hmm. is it Mabu? Oh, thank God for that. Has uh, the glasses. Mabu has yeah. the glasses, right? Yeah. No, that that's Rayo. No, that's the so, other one then. Rayo has the the sharky teeth. Rayo then. The Rayo. Yeah. Okay, so Rayo. Mm -hmm. Like before Rayo uh, bumps into uh, Haruka, mm -hmm. uh, Kazuki and the others um, all actually bump into him as he's like, you know, talking with Nyantaro and like, uh, you know, feeling sad about what's happened with his brother. And Kazuki craps a brick and runs away, which will yes. be important for something I want to talk about later. Uh, the others know, see, of course, that, you know, yep, he's got it. He can't handle this. And there's understandable. But again, talk about that later. Yeah. So, like, yeah, when just when that moment happened and the app was installing itself, I was freaking out because I did not want Haruka to be part of this. But could have been worse. Could have been fake it, granddaughter. <laughs> it could have been. Could have been uh, a gacha game. Um, so, like you said, Ryo and Haruka get to talk, um, and they have uh, this conversation where. You know, Haruka says that he wants to make his brother smile again, and Reo like has some cryptic utterances about Mabu. He's leading like that, yeah, yeah, man. This, this, like, this, like, this, this scene just played out to be like the intro to a PSA video, where I was half expecting someone just to for it to pause, and then for someone to walk in and say, "Hi, I'm Shader. I'm here to warn you about Ossicops prowling the streets to to devour your desires in the name of their empire." If you are approached by an orc in this particular situation, just say no. <laughs> just walk away. That's what, it, that's, what it felt, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> if you see this app installing on your phone, go to your <laughs> go find an adult you trust immediately. Yeah. If you if you're approached by an orc, call the police. But they are the police. Oh shit! 
Oh god, you're you're so right. What do you do when the cops are the bad guys? Um, oh, mm-hmm, mm, thinking face emoji. Uh, so yeah, like they do. Uh, Reo does the gun thing on Haru, uh, and kidnaps him. Um, and while Haru is like passing out in the face of the revolver, he says. What I think might be the most interesting line in the show that we're going to talk about later. I'm going to try to move past it now just to quote it. The future exists only for those who can connect their desires. Mm-hmm. Loaded. Like, got to unpack that. Later. So Nyantaro gets tossed uh, down and crashes into the Kappas. Um, uh, so what is this that I've written? Oh, <laughs> we see Kepi as a uh, old yield like landline phone, um, and like one of the boys says, it is fucking creepy, very disturbing. <laughs> like, uh, and he informs them. I don't know who called him about this or if he's just fucking around with them, but uh, the, the the Empire has kidnapped uh, Haruka, and the the Empire. The Otterman Empire. <laughs> they said they said Pia? I don't know. <laughs> um, my Empire of Dirt, of course. Um, the Johnny Cash cover. Uh, that's at what is it? The Hurt, Hurt is the name of that song. Yes, Hurt. I think. Um, it's a great song. So. Yeah, it turns out the Empire... Well, I'll say according to Kepi, because... I mean, who the fuck knows, right? Um, not sure how reliable he is on this, but they destroyed the Kappa Kingdom, and they want... They, they, they sucked all the desires out of all the Kappas. And now they're coming for the human world, the Otters are. The Otterman Empire. Uh, oh! Oh, yeah, it's too it, easy. It's it too easy. I know, it's, it's, you have to keep doing it. Um, so Kazu determines, like, he's like, I'm gonna now stop running away, I'm gonna save Haruka. And, you mm-hmm. know, the title says he doesn't want to give up. Kazuki does not want to give up on his brother. Uh, it turns out Kepi's the only one who can create the dishes of hope. Um, I wonder, I wonder if he knows about Sarah. I don't know. I, we'll I think he does, but I'll okay. tell you why. Okay. Um, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, right? Um, who is Franz Ferdinand in <laughs> in this show? Uh, Probably Kepi, to be honest. Again, given what we see at the Archduke. end. Okay. Uh, so the boys all infiltrate the heavily guarded, you know, extremely secure Ottoman uh, Otter hideout. It was the um, Citadel from Half Life Two. <laughs> I don't. I've it never really, played Half Life Two. Is that just really, the empty building? <laughs> it, it pretty much is, actually. To be quite honest, with, like people being shipped through and like conveyor belts, a lot like this. It honestly, that was the vibe I got from it, with maybe a little bit of aperture science thrown in as well. I see. So, like, they're running through, and the only sort of resistance they meet are in the form of 
platforming obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they need the triple jump, but they have not found it yet. So <laughs> their only recourse is to, so, uh, Inta sacrifices his ability to move forward by tossing the rest of them over a big gap. And mm-hmm. then Toy, uh, does the same by holding open, uh, an automatically closing door. Cap is a both, man. I know. God, like they, mm. so like he allows... Kepi and uh, Kazu to go through. And it turns out that they're too late. Um, Haru falls into the pit. Kepi tells uh, a heartbroken, grief-stricken Kazu that if they perform a Shirekodama transplant and put Kazus into Haruka, that that will bring Haruka back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. It turns out, so obviously they're one. Okay, I, I want to do this. What is the cost, right? What does it involve? Well, the loss of your Shirikodama is the loss of the capability of connection. Um, so this is an interesting. This is an interesting argument to me, or not even not an argument, but a description of what happens because Kepi describes, um, kind of fallout i guess of it and then gets to the main idea to me it's almost set up like an argument like where he lays out a bunch of premises and then throws a conclusion out there and i was not expecting the big final statement because it didn't seem to follow let me read it to you this way and see if see if this if if you understand what i'm talking about so he starts off and he says yes loss of yoshida kodama Shiri Kodama means loss of your capability of connections. So you don't just lose the connections that you have. It's like you can't create new ones anymore or anything like that. You're kicked out of the circle that makes up the world. Um, so no more connections for you. Something to note, just to backtrack to the previous episode, do you want to know what Harik has said as the secret message to mm-hmm. Kazuki and then Sarah? Big circle. Yes, exactly. That's that. Yeah, and uh, but the, interconnection would be seeming very yeah, important. The, the way I would describe this is what we call in the industry as pulling a Madoka. Hmm. Because if you remember Wipers Madoka at the end of that, completely wiped from you know history, never existed. And right. indeed, uh, Kazuki like, latches onto this idea and says, so wait a minute, if I go through this and I vanish from history, uh, that means that Haruka will never have been hit by that car because he said will never been chasing me. And right. Um, <clears throat> and Kepi says, "Yes, Caro, because <laughs> right. he's told he's like Emily's onto it, and I'm I, I'm in agreement." Jump to that conclusion a bit quickly there. Okay, here's what, yeah. So here's what I was was trying to get to here is that like he says, you lose your capability of making connection. You're kicked out of the circle that is the world, a big interconnected web. Mm-hmm. You're erased from existence. So, what? Wait a minute. Like, so, okay, let me try to put this another way. To me, it sounds like what he's trying to do, and I could just be getting hung up on it. I know I'm getting hung up on a very minor point, but I think it's interesting. <clears throat> is he's trying to say 
here's two equivalent things, right? Or here's two conditions that are sufficient for this other thing. The conditions are you lose all capability of connection. You're kicked out of the interlocking circle of the world. So, logically, you cease to exist. I feel like there's a state between the two. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like why is it why is it necessary that losing all capability of connection means that you're erased from existence and history? Maybe it's one of those uh, philosophical things where you, you know, you require external forces to observe you and to interact with you in order for you to be there. Oh, so like some kind of fucking uh, crazy like Barclay and <laughs> the, the tree falls in the forest band, Bishop Barclay, you know what I mean? You, get, yeah, you have to be observed, S.E.S. Uh, Percipi, to be is to be perceived, so you must be mm-hmm. being perceived. Maybe. Uh, the, the conclusion that I came to was that like there's a deep presupposition in the show in, in the the worldview of the creators that like yeah that almost like what you're saying right that like if you don't have interconnection you just you're just out like that reality is not atomistic you know you don't have these individual bits that can exist isolated from all the other like it's just a kind of all or nothing shunk together and you're mm-hmm. either in it <laughs> or you're not in it and if you're not in it you're just like you you don't kind of you you don't count as existing like you're not an existing you to exist is just to be connected to all these other life forces directly or indirectly which i think is fucking super interesting Really fucking interesting to me. Um, yeah. Um, not. I'm sorry I went on to a talking point already, but... Uh, Carry on. But yeah, we'll continue here. Um, so, yeah. Kepi affirms that, hey, if you do this, there will not have been any accident for Haruka to have mm-hmm. because you wouldn't have existed. Kazu... You see his internal kind of uh, monologue where he you, he already feels like an outsider to his adoptive family. Um, mm-hmm. So he feels like, eh, it's no big deal being an outsider of the rest of reality. I'm, I already feel like an outsider in my family life. Plus, my brother will get better. Um, so I'm willing to make this sacrifice. Uh, but thankfully right before he can go through with it toy shoots the shit out of <laughs> out mm-hmm. of uh the machine uh yeah. this by the way was the terminator 2 reference i was thinking of because he's being lowered down on the hook you know into some deep pit and then the thing they use to style is the exact same design as the thing in t2 mm-hmm. if you check my twitter at some point you'll see it and i swear <laughs> blind, it's the exact same thing the only way this could be any more apparent you. is if he had, if he handed it over to, like, say, entrance said, "You must do it. I cannot self-determine it." <laughs> that would be great. I wish you, that if Toy just started talking in that accent, that'd be tremendous. <laughs> um. So, yes, Toy shoots Cappy's machine. 
Um, and then we see Kazuki, of course, devastated that he can't do this. And then Inta fucking gets to have his moment, man. Like, mm-hmm. confronts Kazuki and says, like, I've look at this Misanga. I have it. You threw it out. Haruka didn't. Do you know why? Because Haruka didn't give up on you. And neither am I. And neither should you. You get your ass out there and you save your goddamn brother. Uh, it's great. We'll find another way. Yeah. But as it turns out... Uh, I, well, yeah, as it turns out, like... It, I don't want to say Haruka saved himself, but he certainly ended up playing a part in it, right? Because we see... Like, how to describe what it is. Like, the box gets returned uh, because they find out that whatever it is is in there. Is it desire or is it love? It turns out to be love, right? And mm-hmm. we, we see the, the messages up here, love or libido, <laughs> um, which is great. So, like... They can't do anything with love. They have no use for it. Um, oh, well, but we'll get that later. Yeah. Real love uh, gets shredded. Shredded up into this powder. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the Ottoman Empire can't do anything with it. Can't convert it into what they need to survive. So, and we see during the Kaiso, the flashback... Um, the last text message that Haruka sent to uh, fake, well, I don't want to say fake, to Kazu, to Sarah played by Kazu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we see Haruka blaming himself for Kazuki's unhappiness. Um, Haruka took the pouch from. Kazu's mom, because it smells like Kazu. Mm-hmm. He loves Kazu. He loves the way Kazu smells. What a sweet boy. And, you know, confronts the mom and says, no, like, don't take him away. You go away. I love him. Was that, was that his eight-year-old version of Bros Before Hose? <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was terrible. <laughs> um, um, uh, what rhymes with moms? Because you could say something before moms be like chum no that doesn't work god there's no good equivalent of bros that ends in arms anyway uh we'll figure it out more we'll so, get our top scientists working mm-hmm, on this that's right that's right so yeah so he blames himself for the unhappiness um then we get kepi soccer right um the Three boys get to do their lovely soccer passing, and again, into getting to fulfill fantasy. Yeah, of even oh, the same backflip straight uh-huh, up as uh-huh. well. Yeah, the pass to Kazu, um, something that Kazu rejected earlier. Um, mm-hmm. The pass from Inta, but now he does his his Pele backflip kick into uh, the machine to save uh, Haru and. Can I just say, Kep- by the way? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I have to say, when when he hit, because he used Kepi as the football on this, and when Kepi hits the box and Haruka flies over it, the shot is an overhead shot of him falling backwards into the machine he was falling into anyway. 
I was just like, oh, you fuckers. You absolute moron. <laughs> You've only made it worse. Right. I literally, I literally mm-hmm. imagined in my head an alternate version of this where Haruka just literally fell into it. They're all just like, because they fucking fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, no, that was not the case. Oh. Cue the WWE crowd chant whenever there's a, a mess up. Mm-hmm. But you fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, but Kepi like turn like transforms into the parachute and grabs Haruka. And jumps out of there, which makes you wonder, why did he just not go up there of his own volition? Like, why even, why, I mean, I, of course it's symbolically important for the boys to pass the ball to each other and, and kick it up there. And in terms of literature, like, that's what you want to happen. But, like, if you're just going in-universe here, looking at practicality, you've just got Kepi. Why the fuck didn't you just flap there and grab him? <laughs> why do we have to kick you up there? <laughs> Go get go go gadget rocket boost. Yes, or something like exactly, that. exactly. <laughs> You're a fucking almighty deity, like creating machines. And I mean, it's not like it's not like they kicked him up there and he grabbed him on the way down. It's like he, like you said, he went up there and was like, "Oh no, I need to change my form. Grab, pull out, and fly." I mean, clearly could have done something more. Anyway, very much less important than the rest of this. Uh, yeah, we see Haru talk about Kazuki, you're in the middle of a big circle. Um, the zombie from before, we cut to uh, being have, having its Shirikodama uh, assimilated by Kepi. Um, the, just, you know, Kepi and the boys, we've learned that Shirikodama, like when you when you lose it, I mean, we saw it play out before us. But we've really been explicitly told, hey, 2 plus 2 does equal (laughs) 4, right? When you see these people getting erased from existence after the shitty Kodama's taken out, there's a causal relationship here. It's not just, Mm -hmm. oh, the cops are doing something nebulous and you can kind of blame them in your head. Or It's like, no, the boys are doing this. Kepi is doing this. Still erasing people. It's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like, then what happens next? So we see uh, R- Rio, right, say to Mabu that they have no use for love. When they talk about, oh, we got fucked over by the mm. boys again. We have no use for love. But guess what? Mm. I found him. dun na him, this vague blur on yeah. the big screen. <laughs> Him, of course, being Kepi. Um, and the final shot before credits is a the boys are human again. Um, Toy is his kind of grumpy great self. And Kazu, though, turns out has been reborn. Right? He says, like, I'm the same, but I feel completely different. I mean, he's, like, feeling his face like an infant. You know, is this is my nose. This is my, like, this is me. Like, wow, I have been entirely reborn. And Your says, head bones connected to you. Neck bone. <laughs> your neck bones connected to you. Back bone. Sorry. Keep going. You have to do all 206 now. <laughs> no, like, when he oh, says... If I did that, if I did that, I'd have to do it in the same way as the Animaniacs country, uh, you know, oh. song goes. 
Bolivia, China, America, Brasilia. Like that. I don't like that was me completely butchering it by the way, but that was great. Uh, but man. yeah. So yes, he's born anew after this experience, this baptism, if you will. Uh and post credits we see another Kaiso flashback of the Otter Cops in Kappa World and uh I well I guess what looks like the field of desire, but like we see them confronting someone who I think is Kepi just because before the credits Rio talked about, I found him referring to Kepi. And so it looks like the previous encounter where they encounter him and Kepi escapes and they've been looking for him ever since. Right. And so now this episode, they found him again. Um, And that's the episode it only took about 40 minutes to talk through it. Yeah, this was this was a this was a dense episode. There was a lot going on. Uh yes. but hey, good good on them for saving Haruka. Uh good on them for becoming human again, you know. And good on Kazuki Fido finding a little bit more of himself. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. So, I need to step right. away for the briefest moment. Do you want to carry forward by, by yourself, yourself or do you want to take a break? break? Um, we'll um come back together. Take a break. I'll wait for you to come back so we can discuss some stuff together. We'll be right Mm -hmm. back after this. Hi, folks. Thanks for being patient. 
Uh, I haven't watched the dub. Um, wow. So Emily's noticed lots of stuff that they didn't realize was there from the start. So overwhelmed. Yeah. No, I mean, mm. it's an overwhelming show that, like, a lot of times, I mean, I didn't get to, again, this week, but I like to watch the episodes a few times. So I totally see how a dub actually could benefit, uh, especially on, like, a second viewing. Um, yes, mm. Aki Kazuki's smile was, oh, it was so wholesome at the end. I, I was so happy for him to, I mean, you, you know, you may have an epiphany and that doesn't mean that like the responsibilities still not on you to kind of do the emotional and interpersonal relationship legwork to get your life back on track. But like that he feels like he's able to step forward and start to do that work. Man, I hope so. <laughs> I know it doesn't mean we're out. You know, he's going to be like conflict free going forward, and everything is happy. Mm. But like, God, like, I hope he can, yeah, just start to integrate himself more into his family's lives. That will be tremendous. Mm, indeed. All right. So, talking points. Let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start by actually talking not about Kazuki or the boys, but I'm going to talk about Rio and Mabu for a bit. Uh, our, you know, would be you know from the files of police squad Ossicops. Hanging around in the background. Dun, 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 so, dun, dun, dun. They use the law and order sound effect. If I had the soundboard up, I would I would do it. <laughs> I would to- I would totally be down with someone making it like a custom like mad video or whatever you want to call it, of Rayo and Mabu <laughs> like doing their own police like police squad intro set to yes. the theme tune. I would yeah. totally be okay. Anyway, so one thing we didn't mention in the actual discussion of the closing post credit scene mm-hmm. is that Peppy, for reasons unknown to us at the moment, he's in a, like an almost human form, like mm-hmm. a prince, for example. Uh, a spirit shoots out of him, and he says it's his desire and flies off into the distance in a puff of pink and purple smoke. So, uh, I don't have any money on me right now, but I'll just whip my wallet out here and put it down on the desk. 20, 20 pounds. 20 pounds says okay. that that is a Sousa Sarah. Ooh. Ooh. That is very interesting. That's... Twenty pounds says that Zuzu Sarah is an aspect of himself that was all about desire. Because what has Zuzu Sarah been doing in the show apart from obviously being, you know, the object of Kazuki's cosplay, shipping out desire, yeah, to you know people like telling them what they should do with their lives, what they should obsess with, you know, get into. But they're all very superficial things, except you know in certain scenarios when they obviously have more sentimental value, like for example the sachet. So, okay, there's that. But note that uh, Rayo, who's the glasses one again, I'm so sorry I keep getting their names mixed up, uh, he's injured at the end of this. And mm. th- that he's injured because he took, like, you know, the energy of Azusa Sarah's escape, or who I'm assuming is Azusa Sarah, uh, you know, like taking a bullet for Mabu. And bear in mind, whenever we've seen, like, the, the you know, the... Uh, the dance sequence that they do in the lead up to extracting his eyes previously. What has Marby always ripped out of his out of his chest? His heart. Mm-hmm. Clockwork heart. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I'm thinking that part might be, you know, him what's keeping him alive or going, given what happened to him in the past. And so, you know, Marby's all like, you know, desire's all that matters, love is irrelevant. But I think that, you know, they're not quite, you know, open with each other on how they feel oh, these two. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, bear in mind they are in human form after all. We haven't actually seen any of the otters look like otters yet, with the exception of the, like the giant capper zombies. Mm-hmm. But even then, they're just like abstracted forms rather than actually looking like real otters. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that we're going to be getting more of a more time around Marbu as they come to realize that maybe they've been working for the wrong side all along and that there is value to look. It's obviously what's defined, you know, their relationship, why Rayo went so far as to do that. Because, like, you know, desire, you know, can only take you so far. But love is the kind of thing that would cause you to take a bullet for someone. So there's a lot to unpack from that little ending scene. And I think we're going to start seeing them fleshed out more and more as time goes on. Really would help if Marbu wasn't kidnapping small children, though. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I know. I, d- I don't ask for much. Come on. Come on, Rio. <laughs> like, again, why are you again, just going off on your own? <laughs> kidnapping little boys. Uh, what a dick. What was the... Um, I mean, we're the wrong people to talk about this, but do you, do you think the... Uh, when he was talking, when Rio was talking about Mabu, he had like a like a turtle in his hand? Which I don't know if it was an animal cracker, or a, a little statue thingy, or I don't know. But what does the turtle mean? Uh, <laughs> does anyone know? Turtles all the way down. I don't know. Uh, we'll get back. We'll get back to that one later. Oh all my right. god, Kuro Kepi system. Um, Ooh. got Emily Rand in the chat. Shout to you, Emily. Yeah, um, Ningo Yaki. Um. I also don't know. <laughs> I also don't know what that means. Um, what's a little bit of kidnapping between friends? That's you know. I mean, hey, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, that turtle by is the a ningyo yaki. What is, is that like a food? A food item? Um, I'm talking very much gaijin here. Very daikokujin. I- uh, the reason why my head's so aerodynamic is it's easy for planes to fly over it, you know. God damn it, Trickster. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Oh, that's right, right, right. He does call him a doll in that scene and says that he's a doll who's lost all of his feelings, which he does look pretty, like, apathetic most of the time. The heart. Very sort of like, you know. The heart. A food specific to uh, Ascusa, which is the place that this is. There you go. By the way, can I just point out? I made a joke previously in one of my tweets that you know I was waiting for the art cops to get their own like it has been zero days since a local local fatality uh-huh. side, and they actually have it now. <laughs> they have it outside the office when they're talking about what to do with Erica, and I was like, "Yes, I love it. I know they're a lying bunch of bastards." Zero and zero, not buying that. So, Lucy, uh, a bit earlier in chat, said that the machine that said, like, libido or love said, like, uh, what, Kuro Kepi machinery on it? Yeah, Kuro Kepi system. So the dark Kepi, the black Kepi system. I... What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's craziness. Uh, We've well, not so, got the whole picture about those uh, the Capros of War. Right, right. And who's who's betraying whom? Right. Yeah. Who's, you, uh... Where's this historical revisionism coming? Come on, Ikara. <laughs> not standing for this shit. 
Such a... I bet he edits Wikipedia pages as well, the prick. <laughs> yes. Such an anti-otter, like, part of that establishment. What a, what a douche. Um, you call him an ot- would you call him an otter? Oh. Uh, <sighs> that poem was weapons grade. It was. It was good. Um, that's right. Ma- so Mabu used to make them in the for him in the manga. I say that's right not because I've read it, but because I remembered it existed. The prequel manga where they the cops adopt Sarah. Um, okay, so next, do you have another point, or would you like? Me uh, to... I do. I I do have more, but we can alternate. Whatever's good with you, man. Okay. Um. Uh, well, I'll just say, like, that's the statement, um, that I talked about earlier. The future exists only for those who can connect their desires. That, uh, first, uh, Reo says to Haruka, but then later on, Mabu says it. I can't remember to who, but, um, probably just to Reo, because Mabu only talks to Ryo. Um, but... Yeah, like, that got me, like, wondering, what does that mean, right? I mean, connect desires to what? Does Are they saying, is the idea to connect them all up? That you need to have some kind of, like, coherence raft of desires in order to, like, um, have a future? Uh, or do desires need to be connected, like, to what? To something else? To, like, to another, like, higher concept, like, love? Or to, like, people rather than ideas? Like, what? Uh, I, I I want this elaborated on some more. Because uh, <laughs> I want to know who the future exists for, right? I mean, I want to, it's obviously, well, not obviously, but you feel like that this is the sort of... Um, person that the show is saying it's worthwhile to be this sort of person uh someone I whose desires are connected i don't think so because bear in mind it's it's coming out of real mabu this particular line of thinking and they are ostensibly the villains of the show that's true United. well and yeah I, maybe they've misinterpreted it somehow i don't know maybe well it's like you know they live in an empire so to speak mm-hmm. and maybe it's a you know kind of doctrine that they've had fed to them all their lives they believe without a second thought and maybe it's a bit more because after all that's the line that he spouts but the relationship between the two of them is obviously a lot more than the superficial kind of desire that you might otherwise expect that this show has presented so far like bear in mind all the Kappa zombies we've seen the fucking bathwater stealer and all that Yeah. so I think that, you know, it might be something that they believe, but it's not something in the show's fiction that is strictly, objectively, or diegetically true. So, yeah, that's where I'm thinking. Like, I'm I'm going on that it is, but but I'm very willing to, like, amend my belief. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and, yeah. and also say, like, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, I just think, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like the the bad. The, I'm going to use very like these are very unsophisticated terms, but I'm a little tired, and I'm just trying to <laughs> parse the world here. I think 
the bad kind of ways of thinking have already been shown from the beginning. And this has been revealed at the midway point. I feel like the counter narrative has to like, I don't know, has to appear sometime soon, if not now, right. To, to, to counter, uh, everything that has been put out there, you know, that the zombies have fallen to, um, very desire fueled well world that they live bear in, in mind you know bear in mind everything we've seen so far the zombies that we've seen like all the stuff they've been doing is very superficial very you know materialistic in nature even if it is also kind of degenerate like the fucking bathwater so you know they're not just simply conversing or being that you know themselves with people like you know being normal dare i say then think of like as emily has said think about like kazuki uh entering time you know, they've obviously got some secrets that they've been keeping from each other. And I'm not saying that the show is, you know, telling us bear everything to everyone. As I've said before, it's not what people do. But rather, there is a certain level of honesty that people, I think, are not approaching each other within this show. The Kappa zombie people, for example, like, yeah, they've got weird fetishes. Mm-hmm. But they're not telling people about them. The guy's stealing people's back. And I know it's strange to say this, but maybe the show is asserting that he might want to have asked them for it. I know that that's going to be a hard fucking sell. But he's doing it underhandedly behind the back. He's not, you know, connecting in that sense. Um, with the boys, you know, they've got their secrets and the things they need help with, you know, to, and the support from each other. Indeed, that's what happens in this episode. Despite all the stuff they know about each other now and all the sordid shit that, quote-unquote, they've done. Still look out for each other. They still pull Kazuki back from the brink. So I think that maybe it's going beyond superficial, you know, levels. Uh, like, you know, materialistic levels. And gain some a bit more deeper than that. Gain some a bit more, like you know, of an emotive, actual connection. Yeah. Which I think is the, which I think is the, uh, you know, the one point in the grave scenario that Raymond Marbury in now, where they're that close to actually doing that. It just seems like the statement is not about a relationship between people, because like, so Emily talks about what has Ikuhara shown before what he thinks connection means. You know, he's talked about. <laughs> Or, or he's demonstrated a lot of like connection between people, but the statement is talking about a connection between concepts, right? Like he's like desires are con- these conceptual things that aren't the same thing as concrete individuals; they're concepts. And having connected desires is necessary for a future. Like, so wh- what does it what does it mean to, again to have all those concepts connected? Or again, do those, does super- each concept need to be connected to like another idea or a person? I just, yeah, I just want to know. Maybe it's a two-way thing, because you know, to give and to receive in turn. Because you can think the zombies, all the stuff they've been doing, uh, the people behind them were very selfish and not in the interests of the people they were taking from, such as Entezia or the sister. So maybe that's it. It's got to be a two-way street rather than the one. Yeah. I guess it just seems like it seems. I don't know. I'm being probably over analytical about a line, um, for sure. Because but. I mean, think of the boys as well. Like, start with Toy. Toy wants to look out for his brother. Is his brother looking out for him? Arguably, no. I would say that you know it's not as simple as that. It's not neat. There's not an equitable, you know, relationship there. Enter very one-sided because he's you know still dealing with his nascent sexuality, his cross on Kaski, and. 
his fantasies still clearly show that like hard fantasizing is often being the on the receiving end yourself of a positive outcome like fantasizing for example that you know you'll say the lead singer in a rock band you're up on stage and you're soaking in all the attention it's great it's often this, it's often a substitute when you're not getting attention that you desire in real life and as for Kazuki, i think that Maybe the show is telling us in his case that, you know, while he is connecting with his brother in that sense by pretending to be a star, maybe he's putting up a wall by doing so. Maybe this is like, you know, roundabout way of still doing something for him, but not doing it, you know, equitably or honestly, because there was indeed dishonesty in that relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Could be. Oh, okay. I just had a thought. Ooh. So, w- we talked about earlier when we were discussing the fact that Kazuki losing his Shira Kodama, losing the capacity to connect with other people means that he ceases to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, people can't be isolated. They can't be just these single automatons independent from the rest of can't be life. monks. They what's that? Right. They can't yeah. be monks. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you do live as a monk, like you're, you don't even know that you're connected to other people or nature or God. spiritually, like other things. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the your brothers or sisters in the monastery or convent or whatever. But speaking of monks, by the way, shouts to the Benedictine monks for creating the amazing drink that is book fast. <laughs> I had that in Ireland this weekend. It's pure poison. And it tastes like Ribena. <laughs> and it drives you fucking crazy. Uh, doing God's work there, if ever I do it, oh, you know. Man. Well, so, okay. That's amazing. Shouts to you, Benedictines. <laughs> um, uh, shoot. I believe those are, those are followers of Augustine. But it's been a long time since I thought about it. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yes. So the interconnectedness of the people, the existing people, the experiencers of the world of Sars and Mai, may be like the desires that, again, we're taking on, I'm taking on faith that this statement that the cops made is like true about like the kind of people that you want to be. Maybe the idea is for your desire to have that integrative quality, like not to sort of want a thing at the expense of other people, but the desire is kind of having that same, existing in the same way as people like the desires connecting with everyone else's desires in the whole world so like yeah maybe the idea is to have these very unselfish desires i think that could be that crystal <laughs> thing so i'm like going there's, there's always going to be a, an element of selfishness when it comes to you know one. yeah isn't that what desire kind of is you know that's yeah. that seems you could even yeah love itself could arguably be selfish in some sense because you are reciprocate when you have a reciprocal thing you're in turn are receiving you know you're receiving affection back it's not entirely altruistic yeah, so not not to do the not to do the like the horrible thing the, the horrible thing and invoke 
Friedrich Nietzsche, but yeah, that's what he said lately. He talked about love being a monstrous thing a lot. <laughs> so well I, I hear well I hear Rayo Marbu in, you know invoke that when they re reach Kepi's room and then you know got <laughs> murdered. Mm -hmm. God is dead now. Uh. <laughs> All right. Let's let's ground our discussion by throwing it back to you. Okay. So let's let's talk about materialism for a second. I brought this up in the very first episode, but Another I think ism. <laughs> Another ism, yeah. We've got all the isms here, you know. We're getting our own bingo house done. <laughs> so, materialism. Now, I talked about this previously uh, in episode one, and now we've had some more time to see some more episodes for that, particularly this one. I've put some more thought into it. I think that Ikuhara, through this show, is possibly condemning the state of people, like, you know, consuming too much or expressing desires that aren't based in, you know, love, as it were. Because here's the thing, right? The reason you can find uh, Haruka's box when he's traveling through that system is because it's got a different label and heart. All the, well, the pink heart, the other ones are all mm -hmm. red hearts. With all... But we see dozens, if not hundreds, of these boxes passing through the Half-Life 2 Citadel system, whatever you fucking call it. But none of them have that on there as well. Now, evidently, some have passed through there before, given that, you know, there is the waste pit for love. Mm -hmm. But that's one box out of hundreds. Does that not seem like a damning indictment of society? That that's right. the only one they've got? Right. Yeah, that's, that's the point, something. right? Yeah. yeah? I, mm -hmm. But then let's... But then it's not as simple as, you know, all materialism or consumerism is bad, because what's the thing that snaps Kazuki out of his flunk? Misanga. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the gun that Toy uses is the one that his brother gave. You know, ostensibly a tool for killing people, but here it serves a very useful function in actually saving Kazuki's life. Not, by the way, not my endorsement of guns, generally speaking, but, you know, <laughs> you know what you've got. Uh, small tangent that, like, yeah. this is what I... um. What you're talking about right now, like, um, is a thing that, to me personally, like, looking, like, studying or looking at the various, like, aspects of Christianity, of not aspects of Christianity, but the different sects, the different, like, faiths, you know, Catholicism, and then the various kind of uh, different sort of offshoots of protestantism uh those like the evangelical kind of christian uh faiths as their practice are like very much not about the i guess for lack of a better word totems or sacred objects right boo that stuff is bad that stuff is idols no that it's it's all about like your own like spirit and God's spirit connecting no intermediary necessary. But the thing I like about Catholicism is, is sort of like this, this Misanga moment. Like you can have like these physical objects that can like, like can what you've got in your hand there. Yeah. Right. That can like assist human beings with communicating to the divine or like, kind of helping each other understand concepts or just helping us in all these kind of different ways. So this yeah. felt like oddly, like a very Catholic moment to me. Like there's the Misanga, this sort of almost sacred object of friendship and yeah. love, you know? 
well, even speaking just for, you know, when you're, you're just for yourself, like, you know, how many objects do we collect? Uh, I've said this before on this podcast, and I think it's true that, you know, you ascribe value to beyond simply being otherwise just pieces of plastic or metal. I mean, my keychain here, salt bad guy, carrying so I playing Guilty Gear. On my desk, I have this little Thunderbirds keychain, because mm-hmm. I'm fond of, that's nostalgic for my childhood. Uh, I have also got a couple of figures up there. There's posters, you name it. So I think maybe the message here, you know, of this is that, yeah, ramping, you know, materialism, consumerism and, you know, just not actually having a a connective or emotive element to it is bad, as we see through the absence of all that other stuff there. But, Mm. you know, things like the Misanga and even the gun in this case, you know, Mm. they have worth and value, like beyond just simply the superficial or material nature of how they're constructed and made up. That's my feeling on it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm, that is quite something that the only box out of all those boxes to, I mean, we see there is a pile of shredded up love. So at least at some point in the past, Mm. there have been boxes that have been rejected from desire. That pit is huge, though. Mm -hmm. That pit is huge. Now, again, I'm not really, you know, all that au fait on the Otter Empire's, you know, municipal waste program or whatever it does to recycle all this shredded love here. But it seems to me like, you know, it doesn't get filled up very often. And even then, mm. you know, it's just mm-hmm. crap. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly see them. in the minority. Yeah, yeah, very, very few, uh, like if any of these boxes are coming through here. And the thing is, I think that's in a part, like, I think that's part of, like, you know, their plan. They don't want more than all. Well, surely they would have caught some people by accident. So the fact that they're just filtering that many people through there, and these, you know, and it's all that very superficial. It's not about them. It's about fulfilling mind wants and desires, like the bathwater guy. It's not any one person's bathwater. He wants. He just wants bathwater in general. <laughs> Sachets, for example, the person stealing cats. It's not a cat like Neanthro. In fact, that's that I think about it is right. the distinction there. Neanthro is, while stolen from elsewhere. Kazuki and Haruka's cat. Whereas the guy who wired all the cats, just white cats. Just white cats. Didn't care. Mm. Didn't give a shit whose cat it was or whatever cat it was or what the cat's name was or breed or anything like mm-hmm. that. Ah, give me the cats. So again, maybe that's the point that, you know, it goes beyond simply just having something that doesn't have value to you, um, but that it has meaning for you or for someone else or even, you know, more than one person. Yeah. Yeah. It is true that um, yeah, just that like objects as things to have and want and hold significance are not they're not the enemy in this show. You know, it's um, it is a kind of, like you said, detached from individuals, detached from connection to people and like hunger for just the objects as objects um, mm-hmm. that seems like it is bad. <laughs> and that is a thing that I think, I think is easy to get behind. Um, it's not reasonable. Yeah. After all, what, it, what is Kepi giving out that they're probably never going to use? This is a whole an object. Yeah. 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 All yeah. the things that Susan Sarah's going to be done, you know, you know, gay people stay. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably best gone with that particular, you know, theory. It's got a couple of legs to it. Certainly as many as Kepi has anyway, although it depends on what mood he's in at the time. I want to try to integrate all these. I think there's a... The grand sarans of my theory. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like we're talking about different strains of things, and I think there's a way to unify them conceptually. Um, but I'll have, to, I'll have to think about it. Um, hmm. I'll have to think about it some more. Um, we've already talked about how uh, the otters didn't do shit about Kappa's being in their home base, so we can skip that talking point. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. Um, unless you, you they know, just didn't care. <laughs> you know full fucking well if they had security cameras in there, they'd be the Metal Gear Solid ones that have a <laughs> cone of vision about that wide and this long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no, you've gotten past our heavily armed latest security technology building. Huh? Whose footprints are these? <laughs> Circles continuously. Just walks off the screen. Yeah. Um, so, I know you had a, something to say about this, but, uh, or maybe this relates to what you were just saying, the whole deal about uh, love and them not needing it. Like, what do you think is going on in terms of like like why couldn't why couldn't they use why couldn't they use love why couldn't they make love work for them why isn't it like an even better version of what's in these other boxes and more pure distilled like it'll you, feel us for a thousand years you know you're going to hate me for this but Incoming tangential pop culture reference from the past ten years. I think I figured out the plot of Zaren's Mai. It's Monsters Inc. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm willing to go with you here. Actually, let's well let, well unfold. Well, this. here's well here's the thing, right? What happens in Monsters Inc.? They scare people for energy. It's like you know your very basic energy crisis thing. You know, mm-hmm. gain hard to scare people. You know, and all that bloody bloody blah. But then they make the kids laugh, and then suddenly laughter is a far more potent energy source, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't know about it. So the reductive and simple argument is that they just don't know. They don't. I think that ultimately, as we go along, when we get more info about the Our Empire reveal, uh, the art cops are probably going to learn about, you know, like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. You didn't, you didn't mean me there, did you? No, you didn't. Thank you. Uh, so, I think we probably need more info to make a concrete judgment on that, but I think that ultimately Ray and Marvel in particular are going to you know, realize their feelings for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then will propel them to be cut switching sides, perhaps, maybe. You know, maybe maybe uh, Ray, you know, Ray, oh, sorry, I'm going to get his name mixed up, you know, has his heart taken out, but then he realized, likes the Tin Man of Wizard of Oz, he didn't need it all along. You know, he always had a heart. <laughs> Get all me fucking uh... references today, folks. <laughs> Don't stop me now. Yeah. Hmm. So what does desire even fuel, asks Lucy. Excellent um, question. Fuels the otters I... on tr- <laughs> drones. Yeah, that's it. That's your, yes. <laughs> um. I mean, this could just be a thing that is just like a basic fact about the universe that they're in, right? Like, these otter yokai eat 
this kind of material, like this objectifying kind of desire. And they don't eat love because it's not as good. And we want people to be bad and be objectifying of of everything and everyone. So this desire can multiply and we can just eat it all. Stop loving each other and feed us. Like that could be, that could be the whole thing. Hell, it's incredibly convenient when you think about it for the otters that by taking Swan Shukadama, they disappear entirely from existence. So there's no way that they'll ever be found out by human. Man. So and- basically <laughs> the last line, the last line of defense we've got is kid who's like you know got some serious family issues another kid who can't stop fantasizing and a convicted murderer who have been turned into cappers along with their you know their equivalent of splinter except he may possibly actually also be the shredder instead (laughs) man i just um fucking great (laughs) at some point like if this progresses and the otters continue to you know advance upon humanity there's gonna be like so many group photos that just have like two people in it you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you remember that one guy that got wiped? The boyfriend got wiped from the photo. Yeah. So, like, if they continue eating people, like, everyone's photos are—it's going to be a yearbook full of like nothing, like three people. <laughs> it's going to be great. Mm. Well, wild thought for you here. This all started ostensibly with Kepi being the one who can make the dish of hope. You know, right? Um, and we've had it established now. That you know, when someone's is wiped in this way by having their Shiryogodama taken, uh, they undo all of history's you know events they've had. Mm-hmm. So what if the end? What if the end oh, boss Jesus. is just kept it, and then the entire show is undone? And re- you know, wow, this is not Mortal Kombat. This is Sorrows of Mine. This is not going to happen. Push that reset button. <laughs> um. Not that this is a thing that happened in Mortal Kombat. I just feel like it would happen in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Actually, it kind of did. It kind of did. Liu Kang did reset time and human existence <laughs> on a new time. It's the DC comics approach. What <laughs> yes, say? it's true. NetherRealm and DC are friendly. So perhaps they're like, hey, DC people, how do we fucking get out of this mess? <laughs> It's corner we've written ourselves into. Wizards did it. There you go. Job done. <laughs> All right. Uh, what I want to talk about next? Right. Uh, I have actually two more points. Okay. Uh, I'm going to save the worst, quote unquote, for last. The worst. Okay. Uh, I say the worst because I'm going to give you a constant warning ahead of time, folks. I'm going to be talking about suicide when we get to that. One. Okay. So I totally see. Like I thought about this, but um. Mm-hmm. I I did not mm-hmm. want to be the one to burst. So yes, I co- totally understand why this is uh, so, coming. Consent warning, folks. But first off, let's talk about the other point. So, how interesting do you think it is that when Kazuki finds Haruka, it's been established earlier in this very episode, by the way, that the Kappas are invisible. So. If Kazuki, like, yeah, he's a bundle of mess of emotions, but in theory, he could literally be, you know, just tapping Karaka on the head and he wouldn't even notice. This one. But he runs away. You know, still runs away, even though, like, is this for, you know, the benefit of Haraka not seeing him? Or because he can't bear to see him in turn. Right. Yeah. And then you think about it that way, like, the Kappas themselves, by this very admission here, can only connect with each other. They cannot connect with anyone else. Hmm. Even hmm. like even though he saves his brother in the end, 
know, Kazuki, like you know, can't speak with him directly in this form and potentially is damned to do that for all eternity. This is why Kazuki is very happy to be a captain because he's got the ultimate gout clause. And I could speak, you know, having been a child myself once. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised as you, I wasn't growing the bats like you know to be the ultimate anime critic, you know, on Z-list YouTube. Uh, but uh, like. I think it's a very natural behavior to want to run away from situations like that. It's very end sand. So Kazuki, not being a, you know an idiot, thinks I've got the ultimate out clause. This is great. Enter in turn, you know, he now ha- technically has Kazuki also himself, with the exception of Sai. Why do you think he fantasizes so much? Why do you think he gets in on this as well? Something as daft as the sumo wrestling, like that scene, like where they do that, essentially is just comedic. But you know, they're you know they're in their own little world now, and they can't don't ostensibly have an escape route from this, so why not embrace it? Why not enjoy the moment, you know, where and to get Kazuki also himself and Kazuki in turn, you know, mm-hmm. covers that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the Kappas themselves maybe in the same way as the others have their own limitations on how they can connect. Mm. They're stuck in like, you know, their own little dimension where they can't be seen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the everything that we've been talking about, how it applies to yokai, you know, that these are human, mm. human things. So yeah, who, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, um, I pass. Although I will say that Kazuki doing what he does in Kappa form is ostensibly the same thing as what he does is, as Azusa Sarah, which is he's connecting with and helping his brother, just not in the direct fashion that we would otherwise want him to do. Now, yeah, in whenever... this case, he can't, yeah, I was just going to ask when he reminded me when we see the flashback of the text, is it just Kazuki or is it the other boys with him? Do they also see Wait. it? Um, I'm, I don't think they see. The I don't text think so scene, either. It, so no. it would but, totally reinforce what you're saying. Like they can't, um, the leakage doesn't happen because they're not connecting because they're campus. Yeah. They're not people. Yeah. But then again, that also ties to what I've said previously about the idea of the show where, you know, all these secrets get let out. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, firstly, because they don't realize it's going to happen and they have no way of stopping it, really. Then mm-hmm. secondly, we see the boys, you know, as we go along, that say, for example, Enter and Toy, as I've said before, they step out of their way to put themselves in the spotlight, so to speak, of having these secrets revealed that they otherwise wouldn't want to tell them of their own free will to save people they care about. And then in Kazuki's case, you know, the theory I had was the reason the Shirokodama went back in that zombie was because he couldn't handle the whole thing coming out. Like, like everything that's happened was just too much for him, and he rejects it in the end. That's why it happened during the leak and not in, like, you know, when they were fighting the zombie. They'd already beaten it. Mm-hmm. And now, this time around, you know, we've got, like, Ensis Rino revealing the Misanga thing of his own volition. This is the point where they're starting to be more open with each other. Well, they're still doing it in Capricorn, mind you, and they're doing it under pressure and duress of a situation, a very dark situation, as I'll discuss shortly. But you can see the baby steps and the aggression as we go along. Obviously, the thing that still hasn't happened and the thing that I expect will happen in the coming episodes is Kazuki goes home and then he has to talk to Harrikan. That's going to be a fucking scene. That scene, for me, I think is going to make or break the show. Now, I'm not saying the show's currently in bad straits or anything like that. Right, I know what you mean. But it's such a big thing. It's very pivotal. If they fuck it yeah. up, like, it could... Uh, I, yeah. And actually, just as a side point I want to make, I really hope we do get some time at some point, although maybe we don't need to, in fair, depending on how you look at it, just to explore Kazuki's relation to his 
mother and father as in the ones he mm-hmm. lives with, like, you know, his non-biological ones. Because that plays a, like, speaking as someone, you know, who has struggled in his life, uh, this is going to start leading into the uh, suicide section here, folks. So again, concept one, if I you ahead here, just to remind you that. Speaking as someone who has, you know, who is currently going through therapy and has discussed at great length uh, with my therapist, the idea of belonging and finding a place that you fit in. I have to say, this episode, with all the things that Kazuki reveals and all the things we've had built up to this point, like, really, really resonated. I felt, I felt that. I felt it when I was younger. I feel it now, even as someone who's probably more than twice his age. But I think it's very understandable for him, you know, to feel that he's not a part of that circle and he not feel like he has a place where he does belong. And when I say understandably, I understand how he came to that. But the thing that I think this show is missing that could give it more meat is if we had some time with him and his two parents, his mother and his father. Because we don't really know a lot about their interactions with him. Now, on the one hand, you could argue maybe that these interactions never happened because Kazuki didn't allow it. And the funny thing is, going back to the end of what I've been talking about in therapy, you know, if you wall yourself off from allowing people to surprise you and do right by you, you'll always be proven right that they, they're fuck-ups and failures and that you can't trust them and there's no reason you should interact with them. So maybe that's that. But again, that's something we should be shown, you know... Hmm. It's like I've said before about writing fiction where characters make questionable or dubious life choices. I don't mind them doing it. In fact, the best drama comes from characters making catastrophic errors in their life. But we need some understanding of how they came to get to that point. Like I said in The Promised Neverland with, say, Isabella, you know, I can totally see even through bits that we've seen and through my own, you know, understanding of the show and reading into it, how she came to that point. How Kazuki got to the point where he is now, apart from what happened to Haruka, of course, being one of the major, if not the major, you know, part of that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to his parents, like, how do they play into this? Because they're, you know, he clearly has, you know, a sense of, that's my real mother, this is not my real mother. Mm-hmm. Or has his not real mother, quote unquote, you know, how has she treated him? How has that worked out? I can understand someone his age, you know, favoring, you know, blood over water but we need to see some of that other side as well I think to truly flesh this out and give us a proper idea even if it's just simply him climbing up and shelling because he doesn't want to connect with them hey, there's that word again right? Um, you know because he doesn't think you know the relationship works because he is not blood he's not you know biologically related to them mm-hmm. whereas Haruka funnily enough has the actually much more mature attitude of well, apart from Harry Potter, which is Kazuki's real mother, but he's eight, so we give that. Uh, of, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, you're my brother anyway, I love you anyway for who you are. And, yeah. and the thing is, in the same way, funnily enough, how in Avengers, you know, Endgame with the fucking soul gem and all that shit, you know, the system of the R Empire validates his love objective. Like, it's literally stamped on the box. Basically, Harry is a pure child now. Will kill anyone yep. who touches. Yep. God fucking damn it. So, um, all right. Can I? Um, do you think Rio put put Haruka's dad to sleep, or do you think Haruka's dad just oh, fell did. asleep? <laughs> no. So, oh man! I was like, you fucker! Like, where is child protective services? <laughs> Dude's just falling asleep with. You know his uh, disabled child hanging out on a bridge, Sit, sitting <laughs> on a ledge that he could fall over at any second. You bastard! Backwards. Get off your goddamn phone! 
Jesus. Oh, make light of it. All right. But, uh, I'm sure they put him in some kind of a trance. Um, all right. Let me just send out the chat to both uh, YouTube and uh, Twitch that CW content warning happening. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So let's just lay this out here, right here and now. What Kazuki plans to do in this is to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. That there's there's no two ways about this as far as I'm concerned. Now, yeah, of course, you know, he's gonna undo history and all that shit. But this episode for me, like, you know, as someone who has suffered from suicidal ideation and even has come close to once twice even like attempting it. Not that I actually have attempted it, thankfully. Uh, and in case you're curious if you watch, I mean, as I say, I'm seeing therapy. I'm a lot better now. I'm a lot happier. Things are pretty good. But when it comes to stuff like this, I would want to talk about it just relating how I actually think this episode handles this fucking magnificent. I'm super impressed with it. I was really, really touched by it. Because when it comes to suicidal ideation, part of the reason that I personally have felt it is, again, that sense of not belonging somewhere. You know, oh, you know, if I went away, no one would give a shit. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about the mechanism that's happening here. Kazuki disappears. Literally, no one would care because he would be gone. It is the, like, diegetic extrapolation of that idea. Yeah. And it's terrifying when you fucking think about it like that. Because, you, you know, once you die you logistically have no comprehension or way of knowing what actually happens at that point. If you believe, for example, that your funeral will be ascended by one person, he's just the janitor sweeping up the bag, you won't have any way of proving that after the fact, or proving that it's false. You take your, you take your, you know, your anxieties and your fears and your beliefs about your life and your work as a person to the grave with you, and at that point, there ain't no going back. There ain't no changing. And Kazuki, at this particular point, like, you know, he's already halfway there, technically, by being a cat, because, you know, his family can't interact with anyone. And and to the episode's credit, there's never a hint given until it actually happens that they're going back. That could be it. That could be the end of it. But Enter and Toy, they jump in. They take the decision out of his hands. And they, you know, reassert that, you know, his worth to himself well, with the Misanga. Don't they, in a way, like, well, so they, it's almost like, so he, it's like he already made the decision because he already jumped and, right? Um, yeah. And if it wasn't for Toy rest- shooting the thing, then it would have happened. And so yeah. it's like they... You know, it wasn't just that they, like, took the gun out of his hand before he could fire. It's like that they caught the bullet after yeah. he already fired the gun. Just yeah. as a side, by the way, think about what's happened to Toy. And, and I again, maybe it's been fleshed out a bit more in the show, but, you know, things are happening very quickly. What must have taken him for him, or, you know, to use that in the way they did, given that the last time he actually yeah. shot that gun, he fucking killed someone. Right. That is a, a superb point. That is an excellent point. Mm. Well so yeah started. the two of them the two of them both in their own way you know Ty you know overcoming that little the overcoming that bump there and Enter doing that you know showing them this Sanger like one life should not be traded for another because Haruko if he had died you know it wasn't worth it to have him go that way. and yeah like 
it honestly really touched me the way this was rendered because I think it feels like a very natural extension as if in terms of how it's written from how people who do suffer from suicidalization or even suicidal thoughts or you know attempts feel about the larger world. They don't feel that they can be proven wrong, hmm. you know, in their feelings. I mean, Kaz- as is rightly pointed out, Kazuki doesn't consider if there's any other option. Kepi could very well be leading him by the nose here to give up his sugar dharma, and the moment it comes out of him, he just eats himself, and then there's two dead bodies and not one. Possibility. Yeah. You know, it's not exactly sure. trustworthy. But it's the two of them, you know, who actually step in and help him with it. And I thought this was wonderfully handled. I thought it felt very authentic to how people like that, people like like me in the past have felt also to the response that people will give you if you you know make people aware that you are in that crisis state people will step in and help you you just have to be open to the idea of it hmm. so yeah i'll say i'll say no more than that other than that i can't of or will not speak of course for other people who have um been through similar roles or even like you know through worse stuff than i have i mean I've had ideas, but I've never attempted it, thankfully, even though I've come close to stepping over that line. But I hope, um, and indeed, if people want to talk to me about this in my DMs or on Twitter, or as openly or as privately as you wish, feel free to talk to me about it. But I would like to hear more from people about if this, you know, if they've been similar foes, what this episode might have meant to them, if it did do it justice or not. This is just my experience, and I'll relate it to you as such. Uh, and I, like I say, found it very affirming. I felt like, you know, this is good depiction of how it's been handled and how, you know, the characters respond to it. And yes, they are cappers and it's all goofy, silly shit and all that, you know, not going to pretend otherwise. But sometimes, you know, you have to make light of the subject in its own little way in order to make it palpable. Uh, but yeah, please, if you do want to talk to me about it, I'd be very interested to hear your opinions, and you know, on if this episode covered that content, you know, with the necessary maturity and sensitivity it deserved. Sometimes you have to approach a thing <laughs> indirectly or through through fantasy yeah. or fantastical uh, depictions and stories for mm-hmm. to for it to actually be um the most resonant or poignant. And yeah, get over I mean, feeling hokey or something. Yeah. I mean, to finish off, like, just to restate, like, Kazuki, you know, that whole mechanism of him vanishing from the world where he thinks it would be fine, you know? And if I never existed, uh, things will le- legitimately be better for him. I have felt that myself. I, it is a very real and very, very poisonous feeling. Granted, I was not in the position where I was necessarily trading my life for someone else. But at the same time, that felt very, very authentic to me, so... Good on the show for doing that, despite also in the very same episode featuring Kepi pole dancing. <laughs> so it runs the tonal gamut. <laughs> I don't even know how it does it, man. I think Ikahara is a... I think he's just running some blood rituals or some shit to make <laughs> this show work. That's about the best answer I've got. Um, nothing would surprise me with, with this man. Um, so, um, well, can I just first say thank you for sharing um you know these are things that you've talked to me about before and i always appreciate uh you being open 
and willing to share with me and with the audience. Um, we talked about this with Orange. I, we may have touched on this with Banana Fish or other shows, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I'm always very grateful. And, you know, when you, when you open up about this, so I know it's not, uh, easy, uh, but thank you. Mm. Um, and the only other thing show wise that I have to say before we rate it and stuff is, um, so how are we feeling about everything knowing for sure unequivocally that the boys are helping uh, erase people. I, well, they weren't privy to that knowledge prior, uh, prior to this episode. Mm-hmm. So that's true. I think for me, that's true. I think for, I think for me, uh, what is going to be most interesting is ultimately what they do with this knowledge now on. So now I'm with. So let's say we have another cap of zombie pop up. What happens then? And I'm, I'm, I'm not say, I'm not saying you know that they do or should or should not do anything. Part of what may, will make the drama interesting is how they process it and come to the decision point that they make. Mm-hmm. Like I've said before, we can make questionable decisions in fiction as long as the processing doing so is given to the audience and is given in a compelling and interesting way. That's what makes good drama. So I can totally see that being a thing where they argue against it because they realize, oh, you know, we will erase someone from history here. But then the thing is as well, is the person not already dead given this has happened to them? Is it just a formality now? Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's a good point too. Well, someone has said earlier in chat that, uh, you know, the people being erased seem to be bad people or crime doers, so it's okay. And uh, I don't subscribe to that theory. <laughs> I don't I don't want my, my boys you know, being fucking light Yagami and just killing the bad people. Like, playing God is not okay for them to be doing. Well, te- technically, it's Ray and Mario who are playing God, because if we got to go by this episode, it's them picking people up and, you know, that's true. off the streets. That's true. And, uh, so, yeah, how does them... Man. The the ont- I need, like, like a, a map of the ontology of this fucking world. So yeah, are they already dead? Is is this just their desire spirit? And why aren't they erased? I guess being dead is not the same thing as being erased. So well, like, they're well, well. Here's a thought for you: What if they're only erased once Kepi devours the Shirikodama? That's kind so of what. That's yeah, the, that's what happens. I think that's true. That's the, that's the point. So, I guess the idea then would be. Like somehow, like quell the zombiness, like stop that, but also leave the Shiri Kodama alone. I guess that's like the thing. I don't know. Um. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, you feel like things will be pretty different from here on out. That they're not just going to be like, all right, let's do the dance. Like, yeah, they're not going to want to 
race people. Mm. So well, it's, it's well, here's the thing: like, it's a new, be- it's technically like, it's technically a new beginning in so many respects because you know, Kazuki's human again. He's got a better understanding of himself. But he still has to have that talk with Haruka. He has to go home and do that. Yep. Um, the boys themselves have a better understanding of the world that they're now in, what they're occupying, what they're doing with their time as campus. You know, like the board has been cleared and the deck has been reshuffled here. Mm-hmm. So let's see what hand gets played from here on out, I guess. I'm certainly I'm certainly super excited to see what next. Yeah, Trickster is saying that he's seen some reviews that point out that the boys seem to be finding some understanding of the zombie desires. Mm. Um I feel like that's yeah, that's been the case from the like when they, they peer once they've penetrated the zombie butt and they find the Shirakodama and they peer into it. It seems like they always have this sort of empathetic moment of like, oh, he just wanted to take a bath in noodle water. <laughs> and then <laughs> splash, you know, grand, like, dancing yeah. musical explosions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I agree, Aki. I feel like this is, has to be, along with the talk between Kazuki and Haruka and, like, the hopeful reintegration of him into his family life, uh, the the direction we have to go now is Veo and Mabu, and what the hell is going on with your friendly neighborhood otter police? Uh, that's not people who police otters; it's people who are otters that are put themselves police. <laughs> I would not want to be an otter police of the former kind. I can't imagine that those those feisty creatures are any fun whatsoever to attempt to restrain. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking that you know that maybe the art cops should have like you know their own set of like drug officers, you know, just going around sniffing stuff. Just bumps out his hind legs with like a little package of cocaine. He's... <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the, I have put up one poll thus far on Twitter. I'll be putting up more once we've come off stream. Okay. Um, At Watery Show, folks, to vote. Indeed. Uh, shall we rate the episode then, Doc? Uh, yes. So. Uh, I I really, really, really liked this episode a, a lot. I'm trying to think if I had issues with this. I, did, I didn't really, from a writing perspective, you know, I mean, this, I guess, like, things could retroactively mess it up. But, like, the, mm. point, the point we are now, I feel like this is a very well done episode. And... Man, what if what if I'm right and this, and you know Kepi does have his Shiriko Dama, you know, taken from him, and then as soon as you watch down Crunchyroll, the entire series just disappears. <laughs> you can't watch it again. Is this a, a, a Hideo Kojima thing? <laughs> yeah, you you just start searching Sarah Zamai on Crunchyroll, and it just won't appear again. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Uh... So, having said everything positive about this episode, uh, it should come as no surprise that I uh, give this episode... Hmm, uh, I wonder what you might use as the metaphor. I wonder. Uh, I, I have no idea at all, honestly, what Doc here will use as is, you know, out of five. I have no clue. Not one. Five libidos out of five. Not the pole dance. Oh! You skit! 
You absolute tip. Oh, that one's on me. Yep. Oh, oh that was insensitive for me to do. But yeah. Nah, don't be daft. <laughs> don't be daft. Uh, bad. Right. Uh, so yeah, I talked about some heavy stuff in the uh, talking points, of course. But again, Saren Zamai is continuing to walk that lovely line of great comedy, good drama, you know, good visuals, good music. It's got all the good stuff that I like. And it walks those lines back and forth, treads between different tones, different scenes, different moods, without ever being distant, without being jarring. It just does it brilliantly. And because of how this episode resonated with me as strongly as it did with its subject matter, and how it brought some good closure to that, you know, plot point that came last time with Kazuki being outed. Brought more info about the Otter Empire out there. We got some funny stuff with Kathy's pole dancer. Just the most briefest random insert, but I, I loved it. I'm going to quite comfortably give this episode five out of five Kepi parachutes. Yes, easily the best one of the of the show thus far. But it mm-hmm. builds on and banks in and cashes in all of the stuff that's been working on thus far. The plot points of its characters. Um, and it sets the stage for what's to come next very well also. Like, board's been cleared. We've got new understanding, new rules and engagement here, and I'm super excited to see what happens next. It's a great point that the payoff, you know, I don't think we used that word about this yet, but mm. this episode does, I think, really pay off a lot of stuff that has come before. Kudos. Good on you, Iku and friends. Ikuno. Mm. Good work. I've just, I've just... I've recently followed Igaro on Twitter, actually, because he does have an account. And um, the man's got a sweet hat. I will <laughs> say that much. The hat game is strong. Yes. Is uh, is it as strong as Kaname's from Delta, though? Kaname from Delta, nah. real or fiction, is the human being with the strongest hat game. She has a strong game in general. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but like when Kaname's, you know, just chilling there in a the bathroom bathrobe drinking a whiskey i'm like that's a powerful image right there even i'll say that for sure oh show sure. right uh so I suppose that wraps up show uh do we want to commit to our next stream now uh because just as a heads up folks i am unfortunately out of town again this friday oh no. uh, yeah i'm okay. on a business trip uh i will be down south parts unknown doing a presentation uh, and therefore won't be back in time uh to do it on friday uh so, should we say Monday or Tuesday next week, Doc? Whatever you've got good? Yeah, I'm trying to. My outlook is being very slow to pull up. Let me... Uh... Outlook not so good? No. Magic 8 ball, mate. Told you <laughs> on. Oh, you <laughs> bastard. Uh, <laughs> All right, just, come on. Just too good. Just too... Show me the month. Okay. Uh, what is that? God damn it. Anyway, um, I'll, while Doc's sawing that out, I'll just say uh, thank you very much to everyone for joining us, as always. A uh, bit of a last-minute kind of arrangement this time around, again, things have been so hectic. We've been trying to keep to a Friday schedule, but uh, things just keep getting in the way. I've got to go get liquored up in Northern Ireland, and then I've got to go do a business meeting, and then probably after that, I'll have to fire off some fucking ninjas next some shit like that. Monday we can do. Monday, right, Monday job done. Do. There, okay. there we are. Monday is, is this, this is a bank holiday. Is this the, the, the first ever one where we both given a thing a five i think it might be in our time of doing this i'm sure that i've given fives out before and you must have given fives on the same one i mean there's one time that didn't happen 
Oh yeah, I've only rated lower than you like three times <laughs> ever yeah. in the history of this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a demanding game. Yeah, generous grader, Doc. The generous grader. Uh, yeah, you're a you're a fucking taskmaster when it comes to the points, the stars, the snowflakes that hey. you about. Yeah, I, I'm 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 you know I've got high standards. What can I say? Um, except for beer. Anyway. Just hate <clears throat> it's okay. Oh, I hate everything. Yeah. So. Right. So, yeah, thank you very much, uh, mm-hmm. everyone, for joining us as always. If you have enjoyed this podcast, take two minutes to drop us a like, you know, on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever service you might listen on to. It does help our discoverability. I'll again restate my uh, open offer, you know, to just hear some people's thoughts. If they wish to share, of course, I'm not saying you have to, uh, on how this show or how this episode handled its content at the end with the, you know, idea of Kazuki taking his own life. Uh, I'd be very happy to hear from you about that, just so I can get a mixed opinion, so I know I can understand other people's specs on it. Uh, or feel free to chat with us about anything you want to. You know, if we're not covering the topics adequately enough, let us know. If you like, you know, just questioning, you know, what's wrong with my accounts behind it, you can drop us in on that. If you want to send me, you know, a PayPal, you know, donation to go buy myself a bath after last week's, you know, poll, you can do any of that. You know where to find us. We're at Warry Desh Show on Twitter and at Warry Desh Show at gmail.com. Or is it one, two, three? I can't remember. No, no it's Warry Desho at Gmail. No. Warry Desho at Gmail. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't send Warry Desho at 123. I don't know who that person is. <laughs> They're bad. <laughs> they are bad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think you've hit everything. You've you've done the sign-off, so thank you, everyone, for hanging out and chat with us. It's been, it's been good. It's been, this has been good. Thank you for, yeah, this has been really fun, kind of working, working out my thoughts. Because I just watched the episode this morning. So, thank you for tolerating me thinking out loud about anime. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I, will, I will second that whole hog. Well. Alright, well. No. <laughs> Sorry, we fucking keep stepping on each other. I'll just do it. Kill the stream, uh, kill it. Goodbye, kill it. and good night. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. <laughs> goodbye. Good night, everyone. Adios. Adios.